does anybody in the room remember the outfit that they wore first day of school, uh, first grade year? No, absolutely. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, let's try. Let's try again. How about how about the outfit you wore the first day of school, fifth grade year? No. Okay. Uh, let's keep going. So how about let's, let's let's jump ahead a little bit. How about the outfit that you wore? You know, it's when it really really mattered. You were nervous. You were up all night. Your hands were sweaty. You couldn't wait for the first day. Freshman year had your kicks ready to go. How many of you remember that outfit? Okay, all right, a few, a few of you, a few of you remember that outfit. Okay, I'm sure as we go on, you'd probably think, okay, yeah, I, I, I get it. What, what, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, now, if somebody knows, uh, when I started, I talked about first grade, fifth grade, whatever. And if, if when you had your outfit on, somebody took a picture of you and kind of reminded you of it every week, like they said, hey, I just want you to remember, look, this is the outfit that you wore when you were, you know, yes, you grew up, like, hey, look, this is the outfit you wore when you were, when you were, you know, just a little cute little baby, now you're like a little monster, but you know, (laughs) then, then if they reminded you of that, you know, maybe once a month or something like that, you would remember, right? Well, this is kind of what's happening as we're walking through 1 John. John, John is kind of repeating a lot of things over and over and over again. Well, why is he doing that? Well, you know, the, you know as we were introduced to the, the, the Joanite uh, community by, by Pastor Zach Parsley, uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't have YouTube. They didn't have the Bible app. They didn't have the website that they could go to and read up on what Jesus was doing and what Jesus did and all that stuff. So they had to repeat things over and over and over again. And so that's how they would retain the knowledge. That's how they would understand it and grow and learn. And then they could share the gospel out to a bunch of other people. And so that's kind of what's been happening here. If you've ever read 1 John, you, you can see that was what's really going on. So I just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of context as we delve into uh, chapter four this reason, because this, this morning, because you can quite easily say, okay, geez, I get it. All right. Love my neighbor, love my friend, love my coworker, love the person that I can't stand. Love the, I, I get it. But, and you can tune out, man, I don't want you to do that. I want you to lean in this morning as we, as we kind of walk through chapter four and just look at what the Lord is calling us to. There are two big themes in chapter four that I love, I love for us to just kind of glean a bit. And, and just open our hearts and let God speak into us. Can we do that together? Yeah. I love that. All right, so let's, let's, let's jump right in. Uh, jump right into to, uh, 1 John chapter 4, uh, verse 1. The Bible says this. He says, Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Father, we adore you. Lord, we thank you for the, the truth of your word. And Lord, we open our hearts and our minds. We, we surrender everything to the word of God, to you, Holy Spirit, that's in the room. Your presence is evident, Lord. We surrender that and we yield to it, Lord. And we say yes to whatever you want to point out. We say yes to whatever you want to change. We say yes to whatever you want to work on. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we all say So again, 
I actually preached about this a few months back. And what was happening in this Joanite uh, community was there was a split in the church. There, they had house churches and they had small communities that would, would have conversations and talk about God. There was a split in the church. And so those that had gone away had kind of come back with just this false teaching. And, they, and there, there was just a little, little bit of back and forth that was going on. They didn't have the Nicene Creed like we often re- recite so that they could be grounded and understand what that truth was. And so here, the elder John, is, is, is who is accredited for writing First John, is, is speaking to that community, telling them, hey, you can't just trust everything that somebody is saying. You, you, you can't just take it for truth, right? He, and, and in some uh, uh, versions of Scripture, he calls them false prophets. He calls them antichrists, right? And it's oftentimes when we hear that word, we often think of just one person, like the Antichrist, that, the, that evil person that is coming, that is going to be the embodiment, you know, and is going to lead everybody astray. But what the scripture is telling us that anybody that is anti-Christ is part of the Antichrist. And so that's what he's saying here. And, quite, and Jesus actually hinted to this a bit. In, in a really famous passage of scripture in Matthew 7, it's called the Sermon on the Mount. He says this in, in, in Matthew 7, 15. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Don't, don't, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Right? There, there are many who claim Christianity, but we measure, we have to measure, we must measure the validity of the Spirit in them by the Spirit. And now we can confuse this, right? Because the, the Bible's not telling us, like, this is, this is our, our key. This is, you know, the right here that we have to judge people. Because that's, that's not what the Scripture is telling us. We're not giving us permission to do that. But what it is, it's telling us it, there is a requirement of the Spirit by the Spirit of God. But, and and if, if we stand on this, right, we take this as truth because it is. So we, we stand upon this. If, if we're supposed to, to test the spirits that are, that are speaking to us, test the spirits that want to speak into us by the spirit of God that's in us, well, then there is some expression, there's some expectation that, that falls on us as followers of Jesus. We have to know the spirit ourselves. We, we, we have to have a relationship with him. We have to cultivate the relationship with the spirit of God so that we can understand and know him, know him well enough. So when false teaching comes, we can recognize it by the spirit. Right. We have so we, we have a, we have an opportunity this morning to build that because you may you may be thinking, well, man, I'm, I'm not sure that. I'm, I'm ready for all that. I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm equipped to do all of those things. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm ready to stand up and, and take that stand and, and try to argue with people. We're not talking about arguing with people. We're just talk, simply talking about understanding and knowing the truth. Well, this morning is the perfect opportunity if that's what you feel, if that's how you feel. A little bit of trepidation, a little bit of timidity, maybe, maybe a little bit of fear. We'll talk about that a little bit later. This is the perfect opportunity. This is Group Sunday. And the reality is we believe at One Chapel that every person person that here is at one chapel should be a part of a group we we need each other that's the reality i need you i need you and you need me we need each other to have conversations we need each other to walk with one another we need each other to to help walk us through all of all of our questions and our in our doubts right so it's group sunday don't leave when we dismiss we'll give you an opportunity to walk around and meet some great people later on today so how then 
are we supposed to test, right? Brent, Brent talked about some, some tests last Sunday. If you, had, if you didn't see that or, or Zach's message, I encourage you to go back to YouTube because we have YouTube. You can go watch that. Some great messages there. So how do we do that again? Well, Scripture tells us. Let's keep on going. First John uh, chapter 4, we're in uh, verse 2. The Bible says this. Then this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, even now, is already in the world. I love how the message version wraps up this portion of scripture. It says this, it says, this is the spirit of Antichrist that you have heard was coming. Well, here it is, sooner than we thought. <laughs> so it's like, okay, you ain't got to wait too long. It's already here. <laughs> there, there you go, right? So what, what Scripture is saying here is that any spirit, any spirit that, ref, that refuses to confess that Jesus has come in the flesh, that the human Jesus that came and walked on this earth is nothing less than the divine Christ. Any, any, any spirit that refutes that is the spirit of the Antichrist. Right? And so, and so God is calling us to think. God is calling us to grow in understanding. Right? That we, don't, we don't just blindly believe anything or everyone that is, that is speaking under the banner of Jesus Christ. The scripture is telling us this. Right? We measure it by the spirit of God to the word of God. God doesn't want you to check your brain at the door. He, does, he doesn't want you devoid of your, your intelligence. He doesn't want you devoid of your questions. He doesn't want, he, he created you to, to, to peer, to seek, to ask questions, to look. Because he's a good father, right? If, anytime you hang around with maybe like a, a three or four year old, they ask a bunch of questions all the time. And, and it's easily, you can easily get frustrated. We're, we're grandparents now. We have, we have two granddaughters and our oldest granddaughter, she, asks, she always asks a bunch of questions. I always ask her, I say, well, why? Well, what's, what's this? What's happening? Eventually, you know, I'm just going to be a Lebanese here. You can pray for me. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Like, okay, fine, good. You know what? Let's move on to the next topic. Hey, you want an ice cream? And that's it, that's it. <laughs> usually, usually, usually diverts the conversation quickly. <laughs> it's like, how about some candy? Don't tell your dad. <laughs> but, but God is a good father. He loves us. He, he loves the questions. He loves the doubt. He, he loves having conversations about the, the things that you can't, you can't wrap your mind around, the things that you don't understand. He is patient and he is loving and he is kind and he wants to have those conversations with you, which always is something that just blows my mind that the creator of heaven and earth, and I, I say this all the time, I feel like, but it's just amazing that he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives every day. He's like, don't leave me out, man. I want to be here with you. I want to walk with you. I want to live life together. He relishes in those moments where he loves to prove himself to us. Psalms 34, 8, it tells us this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Is he good, church? Come on. And the Bible says, oh, the joys of who? Those who take refuge in him. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I don't know where you're taking refuge at. I don't know where you're setting your tents up at. I don't know where you, you're, you're setting your homes at. But listen, church, let's decide this morning that we, from this moment on, we're going to take refuge in the Lord. Amen? Our, our God, he delights in the, act, 
in the active participation of everyday life. Loves it. And some of you may, may feel a bit apprehensive, like, ah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe we, we spoke about it a little bit earlier. Maybe you have a little bit of, of timidity or fear, right? There's something that and I, wasn't, I, haven't, I haven't always been a full-time pastor. I had, a, had a, a different job, and I was one of those guys, man, I loved what I did. Who in here loves what they do? All right, praise God. It's just me and a couple other guys. All right, all right. We're going to pray. It's a, hey, prayer team, get ready. We're going to be praying for new, new careers this Sunday, Sunday morning. Man, not, e- not even some of the people from one job were like, woo! <laughs> Missed that one. That was an opportunity for a raise there, guys, but oh well. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> I loved what I did, man. I loved, I loved going. I, Sunday night, I, I loved going to work in the morning. I, I mean, I, I loved it. Um, and which, you know, that's another conversation that I'm here now, but they will leave that one for another time. Uh, but but the rea- this was the reality. I, I relished in the, re- the, the reality that I got invited into a space where there was the full spectrum of believers and non-believers. It was a full spectrum of people who believed and had, had a skewed way of even in their belief. And, and it, was, it was opportunity to have conversations. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. But th- you know what the truth of it is? The, the, the impact that was, that was greatest, that I, that I realized that I had the greatest impact, simply by living differently. That's right. That's it. Just simply living differently. Sim- simply having a standard of how I was going to talk. Having a standard of how I was going to treat people. Having a standard of what I was going to allow to, to come in and what I was going to allow myself to participate in. And, and that's what it was. It's just living differently. People, you, you're funny. You know what I mean? And, and again, it's in the construction world. So, you know, so it, it doesn't take much to be different in the, in the construction world. So, so when you do things like that, when you choose to speak differently, you choose to live differently, you choose to treat people differently, you stand out like a sore thumb. And, and you have those opportunities in your world right now. And, and God wants to walk with you. God wants to partner with you to live life in a different way, to be the light to those in the dark. I love those opportunities. Now I just get to hang around with a bunch of Christians. <laughs> and so that, that, that may scare you a bit. That, that may bring a bit of timidity because like a pastor, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to that, but, but the, the reality is the moment you, you say, hey, I'm a Christian, the moment you take a stand, the moment you say, hey, man, I don't talk like that, man. I'd appreciate if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't talk to me like that. Or the moment you, you, whatever you do, you take your stand, you get put on a pedestal. It's happened to me time after time. Oh, 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 you're a Christian. Oh, okay. Okay, you're a Christian. All right. We'll, we'll see. And then a couple weeks later, when I'm cutting it up with, some, with the guys, like, <laughs> that's a bad joke. I probably should have laughed at that. But, and somebody will say, oh, but I thought you were a Christian, but you're laughing at these jokes, right? You think that's funny? Are you, you're part of this? And, that, and that, 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 used to, that just scared me away for a bit. Like, oh, okay, well, maybe I need to pump my brakes a little bit. But, but, man, the Spirit of God is amazing. The Spirit of God, one day he just helped me say, well, you know what? You're right, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you allowing God to use you like that because not only do, is my God loving, he's kind, but he's forgiving and he's merciful. So I just revel in his mercy. And you, you're right, man. Appreciate you for pointing that out, man. God bless you. Dude, like, man, what are we talking about, man? Like, wait a minute. How you flipped that on me? How did you, how did you turn that? And made me the, wait a minute. But 
listen, that's the spirit of God. That's the spirit that we have in us, right? And that's, that's who God is calling us to be. As, as believers of Jesus Christ, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, amen? We have him. He's walking with us. Come on, let's lean on him. Let's use him. He's there. He wants to be a part of what we're doing. All right, let's keep on going. First John, chapter, uh, verse 4. You, dear children, are from God. And have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the, come on church, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are the carriers of greatness. It's in us. He's in us. That should encourage you this morning. They are from the world, the Bible says, and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. And the world listens to them when we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. This you right here that we began reading in verse 4, you, dear children, are from God, is emphatic. It, believers, you are from God. We have overcome because of him. The victory is ours. And this is more than just a passing phrase. What this is, this is decisive. This is continual. This is over and over and over. We keep winning. We keep racking up the victories. God is, is, is creating us. He's bringing out a perfection in us that, that there is a beauty in how he works. Even in our misdeeds, even in our stumbling, he brings out a beauty Right? I started thinking about this. I was like, man, it's just like Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. He was 4-0, baby. Pato's not here, so that don't hit. That hits a little bit different. <laughs> God is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. Our God is wiser. He's faster. He is more powerful. That's the God that we serve, the God that we belong to, the God that has called us, the God that has marked us. You don't have to fret. God loves you. Isn't that good news, church? You know, Brent spoke about love last week. He talked about how the world defines this love. We often say this. And, I, and the world will say, he, he mentioned this, the world will say, hey, well, just, just follow your heart. You know, just, you know, just, just follow your heart. Let your heart lead you. Yeah. yeah that, that wicked, deceitful, selfish, controlling, fist-sized pump in your chest. Follow that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> he also, he, he, he posed this question, how's that working for you? Following your heart. Nike, Nike says, just do it. We don't have to fret, church. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Come on, let's keep moving. Verse 7 says this. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Everybody, come on, say continue. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love, anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. Amen. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 
Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if, but if, if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. You've often heard me say, God calls us to love us, love each other, not like each other. (laughs) And I think that's good. Because I said it, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I think it's important for us to, remember, to realize and understand that just because we love one another doesn't mean we always have to agree and always have to get along. Like, what family do you know always agrees and always gets along? <laughs> Somebody should say amen to that. Right? But God has called us to love one another. It's okay not to like each other. It's, it's all right to be a little bit upset with each other. We got to work those things out. Because that's what scripture tells us to do. But God has called us to love one another. This is real love. The reality that God loves you, right? We say this, this expression that's probably like Jesus. It's said almost every Sunday in just about every church, where at least it should be. And it's an expression that we often say. But what gets lost in that translation, God loves you, is, is that God isn't expressing the love that we share. Like sometimes we can, we can just, you know, not, not even thinking, superimpose our own reality or our own beliefs about love over the love that God is expressing to us, the love that God is giving us, the love that God showers on us. God isn't loving you as we love each other. That, that love, the love that we give each other, like is, as much as we love to think that it's not, it's conditional. As much as we try for it not to be, it, it is. It, it, it's based on circumstances that are happening. It's biased. It's finite. Listen, God doesn't love. He is love. He, he loves because it's who he is. He, he is the embodiment of it. His love is completely opposite from our love. It's, it's unconditional. It is unbiased. It is, it's infinite. The the scripture says that he sent his son as an offering. And the off chance that you would, you would decide to live your life for him. You would decide to lay down your life. I I remember the moment that that I came to the realization, God, there has to be more than than this, than just, just this religious carousel that I'm on. It just goes round and round. There's no life from it. There's nothing that's being produced out of it. I'm just getting tired of doing the same thing over and over again and calling it a relationship. I'm stuck in in religion. And now God was like, man, I never called you to get on that carousel. You put yourself on the carousel, but I will rescue you from it. God is calling us into an active relationship with him. He sent his son to die on a cross, not so that we can find religion, so that we can find a relationship that is alive and active, that he is working in us and through us every day and every moment of our lives. He's called us. He loves the sinner. He loves the liar. He loves the cheat. He loves the addict. He loves the murder. He, he loves them all. And he's called us to elevate and to understand and to embody that love that he's put in us. Zach talked a little bit about it yesterday that he knit us together in our mother's womb. He put things in us that he wants to call out of us. And I believe that he can call out in such a beautiful and magnificent way that is beyond anything that we could ever do. 
if we yield to it, if we yield to him, if we surrender to him as Christians, as believers, that's how we ought to live our lives. <laughs> if we call ourselves followers of Christ and yet we do our own thing, that doesn't equate. Let's keep, let's keep on going. Come on, let's keep going. Now, chapter, verse 16 says this, 1 John chapter 4. And so we know, and what does it say? Rely. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. There it is again. He is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not is not made perfect in love we love because he first loved us we rely on the love that god has for us when we rely on anything other than god's love we start to operate by our own standards in our own will in our own way by by our own strength You push God's rules and advantages aside and you begin to enact your own. When this happens, it's, listen, it's the beginning of the end. Man, I I lived my life there for for many, many years. You you, You start to sink. And it's only a matter of time before you start drowning. It's not if, it's when. Listen, to you, I wanna say this morning, let it go. If you're carrying something heavy, let it go. If you're, if, you're, if you're walking under the weight of a burden, let it go. If you're walking under the weight of unforgiveness, let it go. If you're walking under the weight of anything other than, than the love of God, let it go. It's too heavy. It's, it's too heavy of a burden for you to carry. It, it infiltrates and it infects every aspect of your life. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I can't say that enough. I can't say that emphatically enough. It is not worth it. Even Jesus said, the, 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 the famous scripture in Matthew 11, he says, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden that I give you is light when we operate in the love of God we put all of the things that we think are right and all the things that people we feel that people deserve we put those things aside and we trust that God you are for me you're not against me you see me and because you are for me not against me I don't have to fret those things Lord My deepest desire for you, if, if you're hearing me and you're saying, yeah, that's me, is for you to walk out of this place changed, completely different because of what God wants to do in your heart. Because of what God can do in your heart and in your life. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, record but this is what groups are all about. Oh, here we go, groups again. Church, I need you. And you need me. We need each other. We have, to have, uh, we have to have friends and family around us that will have conversations that will lift us up, that will help us carry these burdens, that will take us to the cross and walk with us to unload the things that we're carrying. Listen, the enemy has put pain over some of your shame to hold you in it. That's a lie of the devil. 
And that's what he does. He tries to keep you and hold you in shame. It wasn't your fault. It doesn't matter. God is able to forgive every sin that we've ever committed. I'm standing here before you like Paul as the greatest sinner calling out to you and say, man, don't walk out of here the same. You don't have to. You don't have to. The, the freedom that we saw these, these, this next generation live in and experience and praise in and worship in is available to each and every one of us. But life has a way. Life has a way, man, of holding us down. Life has a way of waiting, putting shackles around our ankles and weighting us down. The worries of life, the weight of life has a way of killing that in us. But we don't have to live like that. You don't have to walk that way. Through God's love, we are made complete because when we rely on it, it never fails. It always satisfies. It doesn't give us what we want uh, most of the time, but it gives us what we need. And, and through it, we have the ultimate confidence that, li that lives in us until the day, the Bible says, when we meet our Lord and Savior in glory. When we choose to live live in that manner, something happens on the inside of us. Fear, it has to go from every area of our lives. We don't fret anymore. We don't have to fear anymore. We don't have to fear about sharing the gospel or living a life because it's just flowing out of us, out of the relationship, out of what we're, we're out of the connection that we have with, the, with, the, with our God, with the spirit of God. That, that's perfect love. Jesus embodied it on the cross. They crucified him, and he said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. That's the kind of love that God wants to put in you, that God is in you. But sometimes the things that we hold are blocking God from fully operating in our lives, from us walking in freedom, walking in the liberty that he so longs for each and every one of us. Perfect love casts out fear that's the love that our savior he showed us not only on the cross every day as we walk to it as we surrender to it that's the love that the father wants to pour out of us he wants that brimming out of your life he told he jesus told the woman at the well if you would have asked me for water i would become in you a spring of water welling up to eternal life continually flowing out of you I'm going to end with these last two portions of scripture in 20 and 21. Because perfect love, it's filled with truth. The Bible says, 20, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see that. How can we love God whom we cannot see? He's given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. One of the, one of the objectives of camp was that every team had to give me five rocks. <laughs> and this morning, as, as I was thinking about this morning's sermon, I had the rocks and I was going to be like, what am I going to do with these rocks? But then the Lord is like, you know what? These rocks are almost like the burdens that people carry. 
right? Because the reality is every single person in this room, you're carrying a burden. And your burden may be small, like this little bitty rock. Fit this rock in my pocket. It's all good. Not worried about that burden. I can handle this burden. It's light. I don't even feel it. And we think, well, this, this burden really, it's nothing. Like, I can figure this thing out. I can do it. No big deal. God, want, God wants to help you with this burden. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, God wants to help you with this burden. The truth is, some of you may be carrying burdens that are a little bit larger. You start to add these things up. These are actually, one of the teams gave me these rocks out of this beautiful moment in, at TAG where, where all the young people went, went and wrote something on a rock and they laid it at the cross. It's a beautiful picture of us laying down our burdens, of us trusting God and leaving it there, not picking them back up. This one says comparison. I love that somebody left comparison at the cross. This one has a whole story on it. And I love that this, this person, this young man, this young woman, they left without any of this burden on their hearts. It's a beautiful picture. This morning, the burdens that you carry, you don't have to carry them out of this place. They don't have to weigh you down in life, but it's your choice. Would you stand with me? We're gonna worship. We got one song we're gonna worship with because we're gonna create some, some time at the end. I wanna ask the prayer team to come up. You guys just line the altar. You can come up. There's, there's nothing special about this altar. What's, what's special is, is coming and meeting with God, meeting with the Spirit of God. You could come up here and pray on your own. That's okay. You could come up here and you can pray with somebody. But what I don't want you to do is carry the burden that you're carrying out of this place. We have the Spirit of God living inside of us that wants to burst forth. That wants to show what true, God, what true love really looks like. That wants us to rely on that love of God. God wants to pour out of His love. Pour His love out of you. As we worship, I just want to pray over you. Come on, don't hold back. Let life be changed this morning. Father, we love you. We surrender in the name of Jesus. We bind every lie of the devil that says that we cannot change, that we will not change. The whispers of our past, the whispers of the things that the sin that we've committed, Lord, we, we choose this morning as the church, as the body of Christ to tear those things off, to no longer live under that bondage. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Come on. Take a moment as we worship to come to the altar and pray or come and pray with somebody.